0: Yo, what's going on? This is Kirk Morris. I'm your host of the Paddle Down Podcast, episode number two. Uh, I'm quite delirious right now. I'm going to warn everybody. I've had a very long work day. No air conditioning in my truck. It was very hot outside. It's July the 14th. Day two of free agency in the AHL. I'm all over the road again. I have a script here. Stick to the script. Trying to. But I'm all over the road here and I'm 37 seconds into the pod already. <laughs> ah, drugs. I need drugs. No, I don't need drugs. Stay, so, stay in school, kids. That's what I'm going to say here. That's what I was meaning to say. Anywho, as I was saying before, I had no air conditioning in my truck I haven't had any air conditioning in my truck for the last little while Not complaining, I'm happy I have a job My boss is me very well It's just, it sucks when you don't have your air conditioning Like the little things like, like that but, uh, It kind of compounds your day kind of wears you down quicker When you don't have the little things like like those amenities Not that I'm complaining, I'm still alive Still hydrating And I'm recording a podcast to the universe out there Whoever's listening, appreciate y'all uh, Like I said, day two End of day two of free agency here in the NHL Lots of AHL signings today, not so much for the, for, the, for the show There's a couple of players out there that haven't been signed yet, which I am shocked uh, Nazem Kadri, that's <laughs> the big one here right now, I don't know what he's waiting for Scuttlebutt, I am assuming he's going to re-sign with Colorado <laughs> yeah, Wait and see, I guess I don't know what's happening The big shocker yesterday was Johnny Hockey Going to Columbus, I didn't see that coming, I don't think anybody really saw that coming I thought he was going to go to New Jersey or Philly But they kind of blew their chance, so to speak in his presser there today, there uh, Goodrow said <laughs> Columbus was on top of my list. Okay, no, everybody, you know, everybody has their their preferences, I guess. From what I read, Columbus is an awesome place to play and live. That's what I have read. I've never been there before, but good on him. <laughs> that's the cool thing about unrestricted free agency: you call your own shots, not the club. And that's cool. That is awesome. Good for him. Uh, yeah, Mazen Cadre still isn't signed. Evan Rodriguez isn't signed yet. Know what's up with that? He had one hell of a career with Pittsburgh, playing with Shed. Uh, another former Pen, Zach Aston-Reese. Those are the three that I've been keeping an eye on. Uh, lots of tenders. Lots of tenders. Uh, Camper to Washington. I think everybody guessed that. Thanks to Elliot Friedman. Same thing with Jack Campbell going to Edmonton. Uh, it was uh, not a secret. <laughs> um, there were a few trades as well. Um, Murray to Toronto. Matt Murray to Toronto from Ottawa. I actually don't mind Matt Murray. I said it before in the last one. He's a good goaltender. Just had injury after injury after injury. And then he got demoted last year. And then he rebounded towards the end of last year, and he played awesome. And I guess it was a salary dump for Ottawa, for all the signings that they, done, they, have, they have done. Um, they got the it from Chicago. <laughs> I'm still scratching my head over the move there for Doctor to to Montreal for basically nothing. And he's 21 years old. Like, give your, give your, give your heads a shake there, guys. Like, I, I have no idea what they're doing there in Chicago, man. It's, it's, it's madness. <laughs> completely, they want to tear it right down to the bare wood. I get it. I completely get it, but head scratchers. Head scratchers! Also to Toronto. Ilya Samsonov did not get qualified by Washington. According to some of my sources, he likes to party. At least in the past, I don't know. There's been problems, I guess. That's why Washington didn't qualify him. And he hasn't been living up to his, his height. hype. got selected first, er, in the first round there 2016 draft, I do believe. The same draft that I wanted him in. Everybody was screaming for Barzal. I wanted Samsonov. Thank God that we didn't pick him. We still needed, at the time, we still needed a goaltender. But we got Cam Talbot. Got the Oilers, they got Cam Talbot. Rest is history. But anyways, yeah. He's a reclamation project, uh, as well, well. A lot of people are saying Murray's a rec- reclamation project there, too. I think he's on the rebound. I was kind of hoping that Edmonton would take a stab at Matt Murray. I was one of the very few. <laughs> yeah, sure, it's scary, you know, taking on a rec- uh, so-called, quote-unquote, reclamation project. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Murray's got more. I, I know. I, I, after seeing him play last year, Ottawa as a whole, you know, towards the end of last year, I was playing damn good hockey. I, sometimes you you got to... How, how can I say this? Matt Murray had to reset himself, later, So he went to Belleville. Was farm team, went down there, found his groove again, you know, and it's, it's funny, you know, like you talk about Jack Campbell, and what he has done to reclaim, you know, reclimate his career, Matt Murray had to do the same, he had to start from scratch, and sometimes you gotta do that, we see now with Devin Dubmick there too, after the dealing with Edmonton as well, you wanna talk about old tenders, old, old Edmonton tenders, drafted and developed, and Devin Dubmick was kind of in the same boat after Edmonton, it really screwed up his confidence, same difference with Matt Murray, you know, he just, he sometimes gotta, like, like anything else, you gotta start from scratch, you gotta get your groove back, you gotta do the simple things, you know, just just go through the motions, and sometimes you gotta swallow some pride, you know, and, and restart, and that's what he did, and like I said there before, towards the end of last season there, he got called back up, he's had injuries, that's the other thing, but he got recalled back up played awesome, I, I think he yeah, had like a 9.42 save percentage there for the last few games or whatever it was, or last month, or I can't remember offhand, I'm just spitballing numbers right off the top of my head, but yeah, he was awesome, so, Kyle Dubas has taken a chance on not one, but two goaltenders to, to rebound, I, that's a risk. With what you got up in front of the goalies, that's a risk. That is a gamble. That's, that is a riverboat gamble. You know, sell it down the river, you might as well, you might as well push all your chips into the, into the middle of the table. Go all in. But for Kyle Dubas there, man, when you have four forwards that are handcuffing you with your salary cap, it's pretty hard to make any moves and make, make improvements or make little tweaks. It's pretty tough. And then the other, I don't know if you want to call it controversy or whatever, mark andre Fleury, before free agency, signed, re-signed with Minnesota for two years at 3.5 million. And once again, words were flying around there that Cam Talbot was pretty pissed. And he did not want that. the same thing going into next season, this, this upcoming season. He had words. Rumor was flying around. I don't know if it was Michael Russo that reported there, but... Uh, sounded like he let Cam Talbot through a hissy fit. And didn't want to go through the same tandem as he did last year. Towards the, you know, after the trade deadline there. He, did, he wanted to be the number one guy in the end. Fair play though. you know? He's kind of earned it. He's played damn good for Minnesota. And Bill Guerin, I think, threw it out as... He hasn't said shit to me. It was along the lines of that. Or, this shit doesn't concern me or whatever. But I don't know. He was asked about it at the draft. And that was... He didn't sugarcoat things. That's basically what he said. So... Uh, I think right before free agency? Or was it during the middle free? I can't remember. Man, the last couple of days have been player I apologize, people. Anyway, long story short... <laughs> he got traded to Ottawa. So... He starts out with a clean slate there for, for DJ Smith there in Ottawa this coming season. Him and Anton Forsberg should be a damn good tandem. I'm, I'm assuming it'll be a pretty even split. Um... I know with Talbot there and Capo last year, they they split pretty evenly. I know Cockney there, he went on a run. He was on a heater there, and and I think right after the... Right after the Winter Classic there, I think he fell right off the table and Talbot picked up and carried on. Then Cockney got traded after that. But yeah, no, he uh, he works well in the tandem, man. Cam Talbot, he... he <laughs> going back to, like, the 2016-17 Oilers, like, he played lots. And it really literally ruined him. So being in a tandem for him, along with Santon Forsberg, who re signed... Oh, heck, I think it was back in March when I wrote that article. I think it was, like, two days after I published an article there for... For heavy hockey. He literally got re-signed by a great, great grab. Like, he had a career year for them. Stood tall when Murray was finding his groove again down, down in Belleville. So, yeah. <laughs> Crazy amount of events. And then everybody knows about Jack Campbell. Going to Edmonton. That was not a trade secret by any means. According to Bob Stauffer to the Oilers Now, he had an offer on the table from Toronto. Didn't like it. And basically walked away. That was it. And being good friends with Zach Hyman. Pretty easy move. You know, it's, unless if you were living under a rock, which I know he wasn't. I uh, was impressed by the Oilers' run this last season into the playoffs. It was a no-brainer. I didn't like the term 5x5, <laughs> 5 by 5 5000000 by 5 years. But you got to look on both sides of the coin. Emton has been looking for a starting goaltender forever. The last three years, it's been Mike Smith and Mikko Koskinen. And now, they have somewhat stability. Like I said in the last podcast, I, I really like Jack Campbell as a goalie. He has the tools to become, dare I say a Vezna winner. But his biggest hurdle, once again, is his mental mentality like you saw it last year there right before right before the all-star break he just fell off a cliff He's, he, he had like a version of the yips like you know or the shanks or whatever you want to call it and then he got injured and then towards the end of the season he got healthy started playing well into the playoffs and i, I thought he had a decent playoffs for toronto against a very tough Tampa team i thought they were going to win that round but once again they didn't, they didn't break through and the rest is history so there i say it yeah, boy, I, li- I liked it, but I didn't like it. <laughs> didn't like the term, but if you want a goaltender, you want you want stability in that. You're gonna have to bite the bullet in free agency. You always do. You always overpay in free agency, but it's how badly you overpay. That's the big thing. Uh, staying with the Oilers here for a minute. The other free agent signings—I should say re-signings. The big shocker for me was Evander Kane coming back. I thought he was gonna get more on the open market. The Oilers gave him permission to talk to other teams. Probably didn't get the best offer, so he rounded back, made it official there on midnight local time. A lot yesterday. And yep, he's coming back. Five point one two five million for four years. I thought that was a decent decent deal. Like I uh, actually pardon me, check that. A good deal. Good deal for the club. We we'll like them see him for three years, but bigger, can't be choosers. He's a eight nine million dollar a year guy, and you're getting him for half price, just about. So damn good uh, damn good work there by, by Ken Holland. And the other resigning with Brett Kulak, thank God, that's all I have to say. He was our best defenseman. If it wasn't for Darnell Nurse getting injured, uh, I thought the others would have been dead in the water defensively. Kobe CC was good. Not going to knock him. Not going to knock Duncan Keith. But Brett Kulak was a stabilizing agent for Tyson Berry. They were great together. And then the one game they played, uh, uh, Woodcroft played, or had uh, Kulak and Cease together, they were damn good too. So you have lots of options there with Kulak. You can move up and down in your defense lineup. You can play first-pairing first, minute, or first pairing minutes. Or you can play third-pairing minutes. You know, it's... It's a damn good signing, he, he got signed for a good turn. Well, I shouldn't say good term, but good money. Like 2.75 million per for four years. You uh, y- you can't say anything bad about that. Like I said before, well done by, by Ken Holland. He had, before I forget, going all over the road here, in The Athletic, Daniel Nugent Bowman, I ah, can't, can't even say his name properly, DNB, as he's known, Daniel Nugent Bowman. He had an article, he had an interview with uh, Ken Holland's son, Brad Holland. Very interesting article. I, uh, it blew me away. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I was very shocked reading that, and... You get the feeling of nepotism when you hear Ken Holland's son being added on as an assistant GM. I just rolled my eyes when I heard that, when it did come out. But that interview pretty much, it, it, in a nutshell, it gives you the, the whole ball of wax of what Brad went through to get to where he is. And he's analytics-driven. I was blown away. I, that, that, that was like, <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> you're actually you're actually decent with you know or i should say decent you're, you you have the knowledge of analytics you add that in to what you're doing wow you know and he, he backed his that he backed his dad up like he said you know dad has a great memory you know he you know he stood up for his old man and i gotta give him credit for that too like you know uh, like i said nepotism yeah you know with sly rodrigue and olivia Rodriguez. It's another thing I'm going to talk about there next week with uh, Spencer Promody. But anyways, that's, like I said, that's, another, <laughs> that's another, another day to talk about that one. But yeah, just nepotism. I, I, when I heard about that, I was like, test, you know, type of deal. But man, that article is awesome. Go read it if you have a sub, sub to The, the Athletic. <laughs> Damn good read. Um, yeah. The Oilers did good. Period. They didn't do fantastic. They still got to deal with their RFAs. Yes, a RV. That's the big one. I hope he comes back, man. I really do. I love the kid. I, I, He's one step away from just breaking out. There's rumors flying around that... Well, I should say rumors flying around. Um, they have options to deal away Pooley Harvey, but nobody wants him because of his value. I'm assuming Colin wants a warm body back rather than a draft pick for him. And no dice on dealing him yet. The other rumors flying around is Warren full perhaps being dealt. Um, and people want Tyson Berry gone. I'm kind of on the fence with Tyson Berry now. After seeing his performance in the postseason, playing with Gulak, a played damn good. You know, and you can point to the fact that Berry's a one-trick going offensively he played defensively responsible, and you gotta hand that to Kulak, and you gotta hand that to Dave Manson there, like, the assistant, assistant coach of the Oilers, like, you gotta hand it to him, man. Uh, yeah, straight up, like, he's, I think he's going to get better, like, I have faith in, I have faith in the coaching staff, finally, like, you know, so, and when you have people, when you have a defensive partner like him, like, like Kulak, that state, like will, will cover for you, basically, as a wingman, quote-unquote, I guess, you know, like, not not really in defense, but, you know, cover each other, you know, you're, you're there for each other, right, with your deep partner, you know, you gotta you gotta cover one you know, cover up each other's mistakes, that kind of deal, and, yeah, I, I thought, uh... I, pardon me, I think Tyson Berry should be given another... His value's not gonna go down. Like, he... Offensively, like, if there if there's teams out there by the, 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 this year's trade deadline, you know, next season's trade deadline coming up, if you want to get rid of him, go ahead and get rid of him. But I I, I don't get that feeling from Holland. I, I really don't. I could be wrong. <laughs> I I usually am. But yeah. Lots of people want Berry on, and I just... Uh, who are you gonna replace him with? That's the other, like... You gotta look at the other side of the equation. You know, people are saying, P.K. Sube. Well, what are you gonna sign him for? That's another big name, by the way, that hasn't been signed yet. Uh and I talked to NHL said there on Twitter there today about PK and I said his metrics. You know, I asked him his metrics are awesome. Is Alex? He goes, yeah. So last year he playing, playing in the in Jersey there. Or, yeah, always been under. Uh, I think it was Jersey. God, my memory shot shot the shit. Anywho, yeah, who are you get to replace Barry with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love these DMs on, online. Anyways, I don't I don't have a clue. You can't bring up any DNA. You can't throw a kid into a spot. You need you need a vet. I know Jay Woodcroft is high on him, but he's still a kid, and you're in a win now mode. So, you, you, gotta, you gotta bring in a vet. Somebody who's defensive, re- defensively responsible or adds something really good to the mix. And I think Brett Kulak's gonna do a hell of a job in the absence of Duncan Keith retiring. So, that's just my take on that. Anyways, I'm talking way too much Oilers here. Gonna get back to the, the meat and potatoes of this podcast and I was ghoul Oh, yeah. <laughs> One other point I want to get to. Uh, or get back to. John, Johnny Gaudreau signing in Columbus. I didn't see that coming. Apparently he strung out Brad, uh, GM, the uh, Cowboy GM there, Brad Shailene right to the end. But it's his choice. He had, probably had to weigh everything out. He's got a kid on the way there with his wife. According to online stuff that I read there today, his wife is a pediatric nurse. And apparently Columbus has a hell of a pediatric hospital. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. And he wanted to live closer to his family. I can totally understand that. Left a lot of cheddar on the table. He left a lot of money on the wood. Apparently, he was offered $12 million by seven years from Calgary. And then, Friedman, or no it wasn't Friedman, it was Frank Valley tweeted out the same thing that Columbus offered. Kind of scared off everybody else was waiting probably for an answer there from Philly. Because that was his childhood team. That's the team he wanted to play for badly. And they said, nope, we're out. So did New Jersey. So did New York Islanders, I heard. And they went back to Columbus. And he said, oh, yeah, it's on the top of my list. Okay. Not knocking Columbus at all. They've got to rebuilding their team quite nicely, man. Brought back Jonas Cooper, Cor- uh, yeah. Let's say that again. They brought back jo- Jonas Salo. I think he had hip surgery. He's backing up Elvis Merzlikens. signed long-term. Elvis is a hell of a tender. Uh, yeah, they're rebuilding. They got line resigned. re-signed. He's an RFA. I don't know how they're going to wing it, but they're going to wing it somehow. I know Calgary fans are pissed. They are pissed because now they're worried about losing another guy here, the year uh, who's also in an RFA right now, and that's Matthew Kachak. Lots of people saying that he's going to go back to St. Louis once he gets the UFA status. And he might request the trade here right now. Who knows? It's a situation there for trade living. And I know most fans are in Calgary are probably freaking pissed, and I don't blame them. It's like Ted with Pronger. With my Oilers are back in 06, where he, he fled literally after one year. That wasn't even one year. It was, like, it was like a quarter of a season. Suck. But I can feel from That's Calgary That's all I'm going to say uh, Lastly Or should I say second lastly All the AHL signings That was the other thing I, was, I forgot about I forgot about Edmonton Calvin Pickard Signed for two years As a number three goalie I was talking about a number three goalie for my team Good signing He did well there with uh, Detroit's farm team There Grand Rapids last year Yeah, like a save percentage Forget the, the goals against average he had there But yeah, good signing Good number three if, uh, Campbell Skinner, you know, gets injured, he, he can slot right in. Help out. Not for long stretches, though, but he's a good, he's a good number three to have. No doubt. Uh, right off the top of my head, Troy makes signs with Philly. Uh, Alex Lyons, uh, Leon Lyons, I, I forget the guy, how to pronounce that, that guy's last name. Signs with Florida. Good deep signings. Depth, uh, depth signings, I mean. Um, yeah. The, lastly, Buffalo Man. Shout out to Jeff, uh, uh aid. <laughs> Sorry, I keep wanting to pronounce it ad-day, but it's Jeff Ade. He is the newest member of the heavy hockey, the heavy hockey crew, I guess you could say. Um, he's a Buffalo fan. They did a lot of good things between the draft and now. They have done awesome things. Um, the one sign that blew me away, Eric Connor. He was an unrestricted free agent, uh, Group 6, because he didn't play enough uh, games in the NHL with Winnipeg and with other... I think he played for Detroit and played for Arizona because he got kicked around waivers thanks to the pandemic. He signed uh, a two-year deal, $1.8 million per for two years. I he held a good signing. You'll have lots of opportunity to play there if uh, Craig Anderson blows a hammy there. And I think they re-signed Malcolm Subban, if I'm not mistaken as well. I don't know the term or the money there that he, he signed for there as well. But a good 2-3 you know, guy. You know, you hate to lose him, a guy like that on waivers. But man, oh man, if he shines there uh, in preseason, he'll definitely slot in, in behind Andy for sure. For sure. And I uh, I I got to mention this about uh, about Buffalo. I was watching the draft coverage here on HL Network. And um, one interview that blew me away right out of the water. Right out of the water. Excuse me was there, uh, Buffalo's uh, director of amateur scouting, Jerry Fortin. He broke down, and basically what happened there, he was asked, you know, where he saw the team was going, and he, he answered, started answering the question, and then he broke down. He had to ask for a minute for, you know, to collect his thoughts there and, and gather himself, and, and he just he just basically said in a nutshell, you know, Kevin Adams, actually, the straight from the top down, like, right from the owners, straight down to, to, to Kevin Adams, and he just said, I've been blown away by the last, you know, since March, since he took over from Jankowski as uh, director of amateur scouting, and he just said, you know, like, Everybody cares. Everybody's working towards the goal of of raiding the ship, you know, and, and I, I can feel for Buffalo fans, man. Yeah, decade of darkness here with Edmonton, and it was just one gaffe after another with management, whether it was asset management or just plain dumbass trades or dumb moves. Oh, boy. I feel for them, man. And they're, they're finally they're finally building something good there. Like, they, they got players like, they got Alex Tuck in the Jack Eichel deal. He wanted to go there. I was like, what? And I did a little bit, he, he's, he's from Syracuse, I do believe. And, and when, the, when the trade was made, and he's like, yeah, he was so stoked. I'm like, what? And I had to look at Oh, he's a Buffalo fan. Makes sense, you know? So, and, sure, like, you're going to have your your bumps in the road. Did you even see it with Edmonton? You know, with, which really did. (laughs) But, you know, and after seeing that, after seeing Fortin break down, and then, it hit me just like a ton of bricks. Like, wow, you know, there's people there that actually give a shit. That want the team to win. And, you know, like, Terry Picula and his wife, they, uh, they haven't had the most glowing review there, you know, since buying the team. They were focused mainly on their their, their other team, the Buffalo Bills, in the NFL. You know, and, and... when you see that from a guy that actually gives a shit, you know, and you see them drafting, they're drafting good. They're trying to get decent players in, in free agency, like Eric Comrie. Yeah, like so, it, it's really cool to see, you know, and I'm definitely keeping an eye on them for sure. You know, I'm rooting for them. You know, people like, like, like Jeffrey Aday, sorry, Jeff, I'm sorry, I'm butchering your last name. Uh, you know, fans like like Jeff, you know, like, I <laughs> I feel for them, man. So, they're, they're definitely building something good. And, uh, it seems like there's more and more people that want to go there and play. So a very bright feature for them when you when you see something like that. So I just wanted to, wanted to make a, a solid point on that. Man, it's, it's so it's so awesome to see, you know, because Buffalo's been the butt in of a lot of jokes here in the last nine years. Um, that's about it. That's all I got. I'm trying to keep it short. I hope uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, like I said, next week, gonna have uh, next Monday, gonna have Spencer Palmody on, uh, another contributor to the Heavy, Ho- Heavy Hockey Network. He's our draft slash prospects guy. We talking a lot about uh, about that. Um. One last quick shout-out. The, uh, the development camp there for Edmonton was going on this week. And the Billy Moores Cup, at uh, the, the end of the development camp scrimmage, went tonight. And I saw, they, they managed to snag a pic of uh, Ryan Fanty's new SAP With the royal blues and the, the orange. His pads and his blocker, the whole nighters, Even his mask was cool, man. It had a condor painted on the side. And with that royal blue, it looked freaking awesome, man. I, I, I'm so stoked for the new the Oilers. New, uh, the well, they're bringing back the royal blues. It's not necessarily new, but definitely an upgrade off over the old freaking yellows. Or not yellows. The old orange. But the Adidas ones are just terrible. I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> the navy blue, it just, it's just not the same. I like the, I like the throwback ones, like, back in 2016-17. Like, those were cool. But it got old, and then when Adidas came in, they just butchered it to death. But anyways, yeah, his, Ryan set setup, man. Freaking awesome. He's a CCM guy. Yeah, I'm not necessarily a CCM guy, but... damn have a good setup. They just it looked awesome there. So, shout-out to him for having a good taste. Anyways, I'm gonna header. I, uh, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Rambling on again here. And, uh, yeah, gonna have some work. Uh, gonna have Spencer on there in this next podcast, and then from there, hopefully have more guests on after that, So. Some good stuff coming along. Long down the pipe here. So, my name's Kirk Morris. This is the on Podcast. We'll uh, we'll see you soon.